Game two is tonight. So what are the adjustments the Pelicans need to make to try and even up the series against the Phoenix Suns? It's the Tuesday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday, game two of your first round series for the Pelicans against the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. Let's see if they can even this one up. Certainly a lot of lessons learned as we talked about in yesterday's show from their first game. Down 20 plus, managed to get it within six in this one before Chris Paul slammed the door. So there was good, there was bad. You have a chance to make adjustments in this series and see if you can try and even this one up. Steal at home court advantage in New Orleans probably feels pretty optimistic going into this one. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Monday through Friday, no paywall, just breaking down the games, the adjustments, the biggest stories around this Pelicans team every single day. And also getting it right, because we are not national media. We're boots on the ground here covering it all on a daily basis. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. All right, let's dive right into some of the adjustments. And there need to definitely be some made. But I want to begin with the starting lineup because this is what you're going to see right out there for the opening tip-off. To be honest, I don't know if you fully need to change the starting lineup right now. I think that you can roll with Jackson Hayes still in there and go with C.J. McCollum, Herb Jones, uh, Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valanciunas. I actually mean that. I don't think that worked truly effectively well, particularly not in the first half. But if you do use that same starting five, and I'm not against changing it either, and we'll talk about that here in a second, but if you keep it the same, you need to use Jackson Hayes differently. Because you saw early on in the game, the Suns were putting Devin Booker or Chris Paul on Jackson Hayes and just letting them sag off of him. They had no respect for his outside shot and just parking him in the corner negates one of his biggest strengths, which is being a springy big man. He wasn't able to go and get rebounds because of that. If you look at his rebounding total of just one, yeah, because on any offensive board, he had to try and run in from for the corner and against a good team that's just too much distance to travel. He wasn't able to get some of those easy putbacks because, well, they're playing a well-coached up team that knew where he was and was going to make sure he couldn't get him. That's a big part of the problem. And so if you're just going to put him in the corner and be an anchor, uh, you know, an anchor, a three-point anchor, and he's not a three-point shooter, they're just going to sag off of him. And you're not going to pass him the ball because you don't really want him taking those threes necessarily in this. So you've got to use him differently. And the Pelicans did to start the second half. You saw that same starting lineup come out, and it worked significantly better. You saw Jackson Hayes be a bit of a lob threat. You saw him working off ball and cutting. Someone would drive, they'd throw two at him, include Ed Ingram or CJ, being one of those two, being the defender for Jackson Hayes. So he would cut and move towards the basket to try and be a lob there or get a pass and score. He had four points in that opening stint of the third quarter, his only points of the night when they were using him properly. 
So I don't necessarily think you need to change the starting lineup so much as you need them to be doing some different things. But even then, if it's not working, you need a quick sub. Seven minutes of Jackson Hayes in the first quarter, probably not going to work. Maybe you do what you did in the third, where you get four minutes of him, then you sub in Trey Murphy or Najee Marshall. So I don't think they need to go full on dramatic change, but you've got to do some things differently and you probably need to adjust the minutes. Jackson Hayes playing 11 and a half minutes, maybe a little bit too much. I think it could simply be eight minutes or so. Four minutes to start the first quarter, four minutes to start the third quarter. But he wasn't horribly effective in this one. Part of that's because how the Pelicans were using him, but also because that small ball lineup, the switchy wings that are shooting threats, I think are more important than having him out there. Things change in the postseason. The postseason and the way you play and the way you're defended and the rotations you won are always, should be at the very least, very different than what you get in the regular season. And so the Pelicans need to kind of start being a postseason team rather than trying to kind of run some of the things that they were doing throughout the first 82 games because it's an entirely different atmosphere. It's an entirely different ball game here. And so the Pelicans need to make those adjustments. I don't know if that means benching Jacks, but it definitely means using him in a different way. And it definitely means subbing him out quicker, particularly if things aren't effective. And you need to play more of guys like Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, and Larry Nance Jr. And let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's uh, Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, Pelicans fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. It's super easy to use. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. It's not you playing other people like in daily fantasy a lot of the time, right? Here you just see the number, you go above it or below it. No needing to spend all day trying to find sleepers and dark horses and things like that. Is Herb Jones going to have more steals than what they say? Is Brandon Ingram going to have more points or fewer points than what they say? And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. And it's safe and they offer fast withdrawals. Plus, you get to use the award-winning prize pick app on both the App Store and Google Play. And they have any prop you can think of. Points scored, rebounds, even steals with Herb Jones. They allow mixed sports entry, so if you want to throw something in there when it comes to Major League Baseball, you can do it as well. So for a limited time, Prize Picks is an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all Locked On Pelicans listeners. You're going to get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point, but you've got to use promo code NBA. That's right, it's an exclusive offer available for Locked On fans. Sign up today, use promo code NBA, and get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point. In today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and info. So you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. So BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Pelicans plus nine and a half going into this one. So a little bit better than what they were to open game one. They're making some adjustments. The last game was 11 points. Phoenix is going to make adjustments too, but maybe you feel pretty confident about New Orleans closing the gap a little bit here, making this one more competitive. Plus nine could look very appealing. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. We're here every day for you all, five days a week, no paywall, free, breaking down this Pelicans team. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA playoff game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Get the local perspective, not the national perspective that doesn't really know what's going on with a lot of these teams. Okay, so we are talking about adjustments the Pelicans need to make if they want to try and win or at least be more competitive in this matchup, Game 2, against the Phoenix Suns. So we just went over. I don't know if they need to change the starting lineup, but you probably need a little bit less Jax and more Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, and Larry Nance Jr. Spacing. Threats. Guys the Suns have to respect to a certain degree. Those are all important things to put out there on the court. We just talked about how they defended Jackson Hayes. And Christian Clark tweeted out that image of four possessions that were just horrifically spaced for New Orleans. It allows the Suns, when they have non-shooting threats out there, to send two guys at Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. Ingram was getting some of those mid-rangers, but look at how well contested some of those are. On a lot of those, when he's matched up with Jay Crowder, look at Crowder kind of forcing him back up. Right, because he's worried about driving even further. There we go. Because there's so many help defenders down low at the rim. So he gets to his mid-range spot, but then Crowder's a good enough defender to kind of push him away. And now all of a sudden he's shooting that mid-range with his momentum going backwards, his weight going backwards. It throws your rhythm off with that shot, and he misses. Those aren't actually good looks for Brandon Ingram all of a sudden. So you need to open the game up for him and C.J. McCollum. And C.J. is a guy that really does feel cramped spacing, and you could see it. That rough spacing hurts him. And C.J. even said after game one, he couldn't get to his spots to shoot where he likes to get to on the court. Cramped spacing, you know, guys that the Suns aren't respecting, that's not going to work. And the problem for New Orleans in this game was their offense. They were sound defensively. They were good when it came to rebounds. So you need those other guys that just give you a little bit more that the Suns have to respect to a certain degree. Trey Murphy can shoot. Yeah, he had an air ball. It's okay. But he hit his three in the third quarter. That's what you want. You see the spacing on the court is very different when he's there, when a little bit less when Najee Marshall's in, and certainly when a guy like Larry Nance Jr. is in. And we've seen that they're still good enough to out-rebound the Phoenix Suns and not lose that advantage when those guys are out there. So fewer minutes for a guy like Jackson Hayes and more minutes to Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, and Larry Nance Jr. They played in this one. Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr. played 19 and a half minutes. Maybe you start him over Jax, maybe not, or Trey over Jax, but he's got to play closer to 25. Trey Murphy played 26 minutes. That probably needs to be closer to 32. Najee Marshall, 15. You can bump that up slightly too because he was good in that game. And that means you're going to have to cut down minutes, though, for other players. You need that wing switchiness, I think, particularly defensively. Because they are going to force switches. The Phoenix Suns will. And that means you're going to get a mismatch on Chris Paul if that's the case. In the Suns' favor. So no more minutes for Devontae Graham. He played 10 and a half in this one. It's not working, right? He, Paul was twisting him all night long that he was playing. And if you go back... And go back to March 24th, the last time he had a really good shooting game. So I'm including that in these numbers. He was 5 of 7 against the Chicago Bulls. Since that game, including that game, he's 31.7% from 3. That's not counting the two play-in games. That's not counting this playoff game where he went 0 for 2. That's not going to work. If his shot isn't falling, you need to have credible threats because the Suns were not defending him either. He has lost that court gravity with how poorly he has shot. 
you need to give his minutes to guys who are impactful. Maybe some of those go to Jose Alvarado, but he was largely ineffective out there on the court. He's more impactful than Graham. 15 minutes or so is probably about right from him, but you need to cut those 10 minutes or so from Devontae Graham. You need to cut probably three to four minutes from a guy like Jackson Hayes, and you need to give those minutes around, and maybe even a little bit for Jose Alvarado. He tried to do the the sneaky steal off a live ball turnover, and instead of getting back and playing defense, he kind of went for the steal and just wasn't anywhere near the play, and it basically gave an instant fast break to the Phoenix Suns. You need guys that are just going to make the sound Solid play. And I love Jose. That, don't, don't do that one in there. So, Chris Paul will burn whoever it is. But if you at least throw some length on him, it makes me feel a little bit better with some of the game plan that they had against him. So, speaking of Chris Paul, let's talk about him both offensively and defensively coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. I work on all my cars. As soon as Pelican season is over, I'm going to get that 76 Corvette really running so I can cruise around in it with the tops off. And I need some parts. So when I'm going to be working on that, I just go to rockauto.com. That's the immediate place I go to because I know they're going to have the best prices. I know they're, they're going to have what I want in stock or give me options to really make the car go exactly how I want it to. So save time and money when using rockauto.com. Don't choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And their prices, I promise you, are reliably low for every single customer. Everything you could need. I just had to put new uh, pairs of brake pads on a vehicle. Ordered them from rockauto.com. Anytime I just need lights for the car, I ordered those as well. I changed my oil myself. I changed all the fluids in the car myself. It's cheaper just to get them from rockauto.com. May as well save some money if you're doing that work anyway. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. It's super easy. Just make, model, year. They're going to tell you all the parts they have available for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for y'all. Don't know what else to say. We're here Monday through Friday breaking it all down. Now for your second listen, be sure to check out the Locked On Saints podcast. Everything black and gold Ross Jackson has it covered. Make sure you give them a listen as your second listen every day. So we're talking about adjustments the Pelicans could make in game two tonight on the road in Phoenix as they look to even the series up. If they can steal one here, they get home court advantage in theory, right? That's a really big deal for New Orleans. And I think they're going to have, at the very least, if they don't win this one, we'll talk about it more coming up um, later this week, a good chance at game three when they're a little bit more rested because I do think the three games in three different cities in five nights definitely takes a toll on your body. And you can see tired legs in the fourth quarter of that game as Chris Paul just slammed the door on them. So speaking of Chris Paul, you know, it was funny. He he said in the post-game press conference that he heard Willie Green tell the Pelicans defenders to go under screens on him. So give him space, right? You're playing jock coverage there, kind of. Take away his drive to the basket. Leave him open on the three-point line. And he goes, okay, I'm just going to shoot if that's the case. And shoot he did, right? He was excellent in the fourth quarter after hearing that and basically just burned New Orleans. 19 points in that quarter, three of four from three. Dude was... 
you know, we don't need to say just really good. He's, you know, he's done this for his whole career to, to a certain degree. But that clearly was some of the wrong moves to defend him. And I thought it was kind of interesting, right? You know, when you look at him, he doesn't drive to the hoop nearly as much. What he likes to do is try and drive, pause, either have that mid-range game, or then kind of just he's disrupted the defense and he passes out to an open man. And I think New Orleans was a little bit scared of that, that mid-range passing out to open guys instead of driving uh, to the basket. But they were playing a little too far off of him and they made it kind of easy to just let him shoot those threes. So you've got to make him a little bit more uncomfortable at times. And look, if he passes, he passes. It's better than Chris Paul going 12 of 16, four of six from three for 30 points. Jay Crowder went 0 for 4. I'd rather have him shooting. Mikel Bridges, 0 for 3 from deep. 11 total points on 4 of 9 shooting. Let those guys shoot. Campaign when he shares the court in the backcourt with Chris Paul. 1 of 6. Let those guys beat you. Don't let Chris Paul beat you. And so, I think you can defend him a little bit differently, right? You could... Try going over screens. Herb Jones is good at this, but they didn't have Herb Jones out during that time when it was kind of Chris Paul and some of the reserve guys. That could be a bit of a problem, so you need to change when you're subbing guys out. You could also try sending two at him and blitzing him and just forcing the ball out of his hands. If you do it and then Jay Crowder goes five of six from three, you shrug and you just move on because sometimes that happens, but at least you think you had the more proper game plan rather than letting Chris Paul shoot wide open looks from three and just burying you in the fourth quarter because of that. So when Booker isn't on the court, send two guys at him. Don't do it. Don't do it probably when Booker's out there, but there's no reason not to at least give it a shot when it's just Chris Paul out there. I think something that's going to be key for New Orleans in this one is winning those just solo Chris Paul minutes. Easier said than done, right? Like no one's knocking the team for not necessarily winning those. But if you want to actually win the game, that's probably what you're going to need to have happen. And so I think that is a big key for New Orleans to kind of change their coverages against Chris Paul. Send two, fight over screens, or if you're going to go under, don't go that far under, right? or just under enough to try and get him to drive, something along those lines, that's going to be easier said, certainly, than done. And then on the flip side, when he's defending, the Pelicans need to attack him. He has struggled in isolation this year, and they're hiding him to a certain degree, right? You had Bridges, who's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate on Brandon Ingram and, or sorry, on um, CJ McCollum, basically, all night long. They had Crowder on... Brandon Ingram, and you had Chris Paul guarding Herb Jones, a guy that he can kind of sag off of. So you're going to need to find ways to get Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum matched up with Chris Paul to try and exploit that. The Suns were going to do everything they can to avoid letting that happen. But if you can get downhill a little bit, force him to backpedal, maybe you do that with Herb Jones setting picks, but he's not the best screener. So you probably need to do this if there's other shooters out there, at least, to kind of keep them honest. If you're going to run some pick and rolls, they're just going to kind of collapse on whoever the ball handler is. And it's not going to matter. You're not going to get those matchups. And even if you do have Chris Paul matched up on B.I., well, then he's got Aiton or he's got someone else right there to really help him out. And you can't allow those double teams. So this kind of goes into the first and the second segment. More shooters out there on the court with the guys that you have that have court gravity, meaning not... Devontae Graham, basically meaning Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, Larry Nance Jr. 
in some strange world, depending on what happens, maybe Tony Snell, just if it's like that bad and you just have no one yet, you can give it a try. Just, you know, build that in ahead of time and kind of plan for that and make sure there are the right lineups in the right minutes around him because that didn't work well against the Clippers at all. That was almost a panic kind of move. So I'd like to avoid something like that, but get guys that the Suns at least are going to respect a little bit offensively and then hunt your matchups when the spacing is better. Then even if Herb Jones sets a pick, well, they're going to have to do something with that. And I think that's an important way for New Orleans to try and really get some points and get something going offensively in the half court. And look, anything you can do to make Chris Paul's life miserable, do it. You saw what he did in the fourth quarter. He doesn't need to be fresh. He doesn't need to be just kind of like chilling and happy. He only had two fouls in this game. Obviously, he's a good defender. All of those things are super easy. Um, But yeah, that's what you've got to do if you want to try and win this game. So those, I think, are the biggest adjustments the Pelicans could look to make. So let me know in the YouTube comments below. Do they need to take Jacks out or is it just simply as let's adjust the minutes up for Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr. and Najee Marshall? What do you think is the biggest adjustment the Pelicans could make going into game two tonight? And I'm excited for it. I hope you are too. The playoffs are still fun. This is a good learning experience for New Orleans. Let's hope, oh, sorry, hopefully see them a little bit better than the way they looked in that first half of game one. So we'll be recapping this one tomorrow, and that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Tomorrow, we're going to recap game two. Day after that, what is that, Thursday, we're going to look at adjustments for game three. And then we have an open day to talk about a couple other things with this series, either on game day or or the adjustment day. Those two might get switched a little bit. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.